Hey everyone, this is Nick Captain, the CEO of AdLava, and you're listening to the Vegas Forward Podcast. Las Vegas is typically known as the entertainment capital of the world, but there is so much more to be discovered in the personalities behind the town we call home. The podcast is an opportunity to delve into the lives of the people, uncovering not only what they do, but who they are. Business may keep our city strong, but it's the individuals that continue to create, innovate, and push Vegas forward. All right, today we've got Brendan King from the Brendan King Group um, on Vegas Forward. Super excited to have you here, Brendan. Um, just to give you a little background about the podcast and kind of what our direction is and, and the goal of the podcast is to meet with people like yourself that are innovating in Vegas, creating, building, um, doing things that are positive for the community and really helping the city grow, right? Um, maybe tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're doing currently in, at the Brendan King Group and... Um, yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. I'm, I'm happy to be here with another yeah. another Jersey <laughs> Jersey guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, Brendan King Group. It's actually at Simply Vegas. I just have to mention my brokerage is actually Simply Vegas, but we're yeah. the Brendan King Group. So, uh, yeah, we um, we've. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the Brendan King. Tell me a little bit about the Brendan King. Oh, of course, group, what yeah. you do? And no, I'm yeah. totally kidding. Um, so yeah, so we're a we're a real estate team here in Las Vegas. There's six of us. Okay. Uh, we do about thirty forty million dollars a year, about a hundred transactions. So we wow. we have the opportunity to help about a hundred families a year to buy and sell properties. Which honestly, it's a pretty uh, amazing place to do it. And yeah. especially right now, honestly, if you're even looking to sell, it's the time it's, to do it. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And so you you made the top 1% I saw in the U.S.? Yeah. 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 So 1%, well, a, a fraction of 1% even, uh, we were top 50 in Vegas out of 15,000 agents. And oh, wow. then we were a top 1% team in the country. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about, like, one of the things I like to do in these podcasts is kind of dig into like who the person is. Um, that made you what you're doing and your successes now. Tell me about your upbringing. I know you, you mentioned you're from New Jersey, a yep. fellow Jerseyan. Tell me about your, you know, your upbringing. Um, you know where you went to school. You know, give me a little bit of background about Brendan growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from New Jersey. Uh, okay. For some reason, uh, you'll I'm sure agree. Everybody from Jersey has to mention that they're from Jersey. Of course. Yeah. So we, we always say Jersey, and people are like, Jersey? So, <laughs> yeah. so sorry, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I grew up in northern New Jersey. Uh, my mom owned a dance studio. My dad was in sales. So a town called Wanakee, New Jersey, literally okay. on the border of New York State and New Jersey, about 30 miles west of New York City. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, my brother, uh, I have two brothers, one sister. We grew up uh, around. My mom owned a couple dance studios, so interesting. We all, as kids, actually danced since we were two, three years old, and uh, my brothers and I all did sports as well. Oh, cool! So we thought every boy danced, <laughs> literally, when we were little, and yeah. then we realized we were the only three boys that danced in the entire town. <laughs> well, it probably helps you out later in life, right? You know? <laughs> so it was, uh, which is funny because uh, for us, it helped us in sports. We were good at sports, so sure. it actually was. A, a nice atmosphere because a lot of our friends uh, didn't look at it the way a lot of people did in other states and other parts of the country. Sure. So, uh, yeah, we would go to dance competitions and all our friends would be like, hey, can we go too? <laughs> um, but, yeah, we grew up, uh, so like I said, at my uh, in Wanakee, New Jersey, so okay. around the dance studio, playing sports, and, uh, you know, being right outside New York City, you're going into New York City for the holidays and yep. 
you know, the the nice difference between the big city and we were out kind of in the country, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's New Jersey gets a bad rap for being people think of Newark Airport when they when they think of New Jersey. Uh, the turnpike. Yeah, they always yeah. think they think of the smokestacks and oil and yeah. what exit, but it's actually yeah. really pretty. It's like Norman Rockwell towns, honestly. It, it really is. I, so yeah. I grew up outside of Princeton near the university. So it was by it, Lawrenceville. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So really, really nice community and like Mostly farmland and stuff. It, it's, it's beautiful down there. It, it, Aren't cranberry bogs or something like that down there? Yeah, there's, that, uh, yeah, yep. And yeah. there's like a lot of farms, corn, and people think of New Jersey and they think, like you're saying, like, you know, the smokestacks and all that kind of stuff. And it's really yeah. completely a different lifestyle. It's suburbia. It know? is. But the funny thing is, like, our sports conferences, it was the best of all worlds. We oh, would, yeah. We'd be in New York playing a team with manholes on the field. Mm -hmm. And then the next day we'd be at Del Barton High School, which was like a castle. Sure. And all the kids had their name on the back of their shirt. And they had, <laughs> every sport had its own van, like the soccer van would pull up. Yeah. And you'd be like, they have their own van? <laughs> yeah. And we had hand-me-down jerseys at our school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd just smell them to see which one smelled the least, <laughs> and that's the one you'd take. <laughs> that's how you knew which name it was, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's awesome. So um, so you went to Rutgers, yeah. which I went to Rutgers as well. Um, what was your experience like? there and, and uh how long were you there and what'd you what'd you study yeah so uh, it was between a couple schools i ended up landing at rutgers because i got a track scholarship there so i ran d1 track in the big east awesome. and uh i was a science major so uh yeah it was about an hour and a half from home so i figured it would be a, a great it's a great school first of all mm -hmm. but equally it's close to new york city I, like I said, I grew up uh, also performing, so then if I wanted to go into New York City, I could go and uh, go to an audition. Or, uh, and you could always go home, right, when you ran out of money? 100%, <laughs> or show up with your laundry, exactly. and your mom's like, oh, you again with your laundry. The, yeah, that was one of the nice things about living there, right? It's yeah. like I was like a 30, 40-minute drive to go home, so the weekends I pop in, and 100%. you know, it makes it nice. But also, it's kind of nice to leave, too, right? And you um, can only have so many, uh, so many sandwiches and pizza in a week before... Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But so, that speaking of sandwiches, I'm yeah. sure you've had the fat sandwiches. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. That was it. Fat Cat, Fat Sal, and fat, some other ones we some, can't mention. <laughs> yeah, there was a name for everything. <laughs> the, and they had like cheeseburgers and French fries and, and what mozzarella sticks all in one sandwich. All on one. It, it is probably to this day the most full sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Delicious. But you need like at least five cocktails in you before you enjoy one. <laughs> I think that was the mandatory part of actually getting the sandwich. Yeah. Uh, everybody's face was red and hungry. <laughs> yeah, and they used to have like a, a U-shape with like uh, blasting music. It was like a party scene and people would eat and kind of hang out yeah, in the grease trucks. Literally, yeah. this was the... Before food trucks became cool like they are now, yeah. uh, back then, yeah, it was a U of six trucks and and a thousand people standing in a big pile, which during a pandemic wouldn't be possible right no, now. No, <laughs> no. And I heard actually my cousin went back and she was telling me that they're no longer there. And then now they have almost like a museum-ish thing set up. Like a, That's it's hilarious. like a memorial to the grease trucks like of some a, kind. Like a trophy with a big truck on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, I think you like walk into the entrance and it's like a grease truck on the outside. Do you like leave a coin and say a prayer and light a candle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no idea, but they should. They should. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That was like the staple of, um, you know, I, I survived on those. Well, you know? we're about the same age. So I think yeah. anybody that went to Rutgers oh, anywhere yeah. near that time period is probably the first thing they bring up. It's yeah. not what you major in, no. what campus is maybe the second question, but it's always grease trucks. Yeah, what was your favorite fat sandwich? 100%. Yeah, yeah which yeah. one was your go-to? Oh, man, I want to say it was called the Fat Daryl. 
The Fat Daryl. Do yeah. you remember what was in it? Uh, it everything. It, <laughs> the funny thing is they were all a twist of everything. Yeah. So it was like the same 20 ingredients, but maybe you had five on this one, all 20 on another one, yeah. seven on this one. It was different for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun stuff, though. So so when you why did you leave Rutgers? And you were there for how long, you said? So I was at Rutgers for, I want to say, three semesters, almost okay. four semesters. And then, uh, so like I said, I grew up doing entertainment, mm-hmm. and uh, I got an offer to to go on tour and tour with a pop artist, and I ended up leaving college. How so, did they find you? Like so I, I grew up performing and competing, like was Mr. Dance of America when I was sixteen. So people knew from that circuit; uh, they knew me, and they had heard that I left the the business where I, I wasn't in the business yet. I was a kid, but sure. They had, they had known that I'd left it, but they, somebody had randomly called me and said, "Hey, are you still you Performing. Know, maybe thinking about it?" And yeah. I told myself that, "Hey, you're going to go to school, you're going to you know take the opportunity with the track scholarship, sure. get the science degree." And it was a situation I couldn't pass up. And uh, yeah, I left, and um, my coach was not happy to say the least. Yeah, uh, you know, I placed. As a freshman in the Big East, and then now I'm... That's not easy to I'm do. I'm telling them I'm going to dance. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, he's, you like, know, what? he's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I left. And uh, actually, before I went on tour, I ended up doing a gig where um, I had performed on the NBA halftime show. Oh, cool. And I, I showed up in the front of the screen. My my uh, coach saw, saw me on TV, and he shot me... At, sorry, he didn't shoot me a text. We didn't text then, but... He gave me a ring, and he's like, all right, all right, all right. At least you're doing something. And I was like, all right. I saw thanks, you on TV. What thanks, are you doing? Thanks yeah. for the quasi-blessing. Yeah, so when you when you left, you went, you toured and you worked? Yeah, I, I want to say that was, God, let me remember. I, I know I did a gig in Vegas, and I was 20 years old, and I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and then I left on tour with Jessica Simpson. So back, oh, cool. back then, we were all the same age, so uh, it was a fun tour. And uh, I was on tour with her for quite a while, a little over, I want to say, a year. Awesome. And then yeah. when did you go to UNLV? I saw that also on your resume. Yeah. Well, uh, so fast forward, um, not until about nine years ago when I, or 10 years ago when I first moved to Vegas. Okay. So in between that, like I did a whole entertainment career. And then uh, I was commuting to New York City in New Jersey. Uh, I was on a Broadway show, mm-hmm. commuting in, doing the show Wicked. And had my first kid and then eventually uh you know it was it was exhausting like going sure. into new york city and the average the commute, the commute yeah. i don't know like you you see what people look oh, like the- on the west coast compared to the east coast <laughs> yeah. sometimes not not saying yeah. but you no. see the stress on their oh, face oh yeah yeah Three hours of my day was commuting. Yeah, I had like a business I'm, trip to New York, and and I just was there for like an hour. Yeah, and I couldn't park near the guy's building. I had to go down the street, walk through, you know, smoke coming out of the places. It was cold. I mean, I was like, I, I could. It was. It's cool to visit. Yeah, but oh, I, yeah. living there is a whole another beast. Whole I mean, another beast. Yeah. So when I was dating my wife, my wife and my sister were rockets together. Oh, okay. And uh, so performing at Radio City, I used to come in, pick her up, and then she would stay in the car with me and we just circle her block downtown in the East Village <laughs> yeah. for 45 minutes, hour, hour and 15 minutes until yeah. we finally found a parking space. Yeah, so but nobody has cars. <laughs> yeah, so at least we could hang out. She yeah. got in the car with me and we'd just ride around. Oh, no kidding. It was crazy. But, That's awesome. But yeah. So what made you get out of performing? Just because just of what you explained, like this being tired? and So yeah, no. So there in New York, like I said, hour and a half, 
two hours a day. Oh my God, not two hours. Hour and a half, three hours a day. So it was one fifteen to one thirty each direction. Oh wow. So I'd get home at twelve o'clock and turn around, do it again. Uh, I looked around the country and I had a friend who was here uh, in a show, mm-hmm. came and visited. I actually came here to go rock climbing and uh, I checked out uh, Summerlin and I was like, oh my God, this place is, is nice. beautiful yeah. and the weather's nice. And I was like, where in the country, in the world, can you be in entertainment and the shows don't close? Nope. Like on Broadway, even the good ones close. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had kids at that point, and sure. I was really seriously thinking about where can I be where I'm home, I'm, I'm with my family, mm-hmm. we're doing things together. So looked at Vegas, it was the same pay as Broadway. Yep. 69, literally, exactly, uh, more days off for the same pay. Hey. And <laughs> it's not two bad. days in a row. And so we decided to make the jump. My wife was the first one. When you grow up in Jersey, you hear you got the – you got the mountains, you got the water, you got <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah. So you yeah, always yeah. think it's the ultimate place yeah, on exactly. the planet. Like, yeah. We've got everything. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we came out and honestly, we felt like we were on vacation the first couple of years. Oh, yeah. 100%. I say this story to people all the time. Like, I have a couple clients, a lot of clients right now from out of state. Sure. That's the thing right now in Vegas. People are moving here from California, Chicago, New York. Yep. And the first thing I always say is, honestly, the first two years, we felt like we are on vacation. Yeah. It's yeah. just a different lifestyle, and that was what we wanted. We wanted a different lifestyle, and we uh, we literally put our house on the market while I was in a show that I had a feeling would close. So it was 9 to 5, Dolly, okay. Bar- Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. Yep. And um, we I put the house on the market, took the jo- a job with Cirque du Soleil, actually, mm-hmm. and I came out here and joined the show Love. Oh, cool. And uh, I was there for seven years. And wow. I grew up around, my dad did real estate, my mom had the dance studio and everything, and uh, immediately I had my license already in New Jersey. Sure. Uh, but I started doing real estate while doing the show at the same time. Wow. That must so, have been a lot. Because yeah, <laughs> real estate's very demanding time-wise. Big time. Yeah, and yeah. I want to say, guys would laugh. I would, I would literally be typing and hearing the music that my cue was coming. I would literally start touching the period, and yeah. then I'd run. Run out. Stage manager would be like, Brendan, slow down. <laughs> and uh, I'd run up, jump over the car, run back around, give a client a call. I knew I had about three and a half minutes. I'd be like, hey, just checking in. Don't worry. The appraisal's in. <laughs> and then literally hang up, run back on stage. See, that's awesome. That's yeah. what it takes, you know, to yeah. be successful. And a lot of people don't realize it. it's like it's it's hard work, you know, and you got to – and it also – and we're going to talk about that, to build a real estate career – at the beginning, you're you're not doing anything. I, I was mean, putting it all back in. Yep. So you know, you hear it all the time. You have a business. Sure. The ones that succeed are the ones that put it back Reinvest. in the business, not yep. back in their pocket, not driving a Lamborghini on year one of your business. Correct. Like literally, for the first three years, I think I didn't pay myself a dime. Yep. I got it. I put in. I built a website. I bought signs, lock sure. boxes. I focused on marketing. We did video pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Facebook marketing, we were doing it when it first started, and yeah. and uh, we we were I was going all in. I wanted it to be a business, yeah. and that's yeah. usually look fifteen thousand agents I in know. Las Vegas. Yeah, I would say maybe a thousand out of the fifteen thousand take it seriously as a business, and then maybe two hundred and fifty do majority of all those transactions. And, yeah, we talk about that all the time, specifically about you. Yeah. Is you know um, we've been in business since two thousand nine at AdLava. And we've never, besides you, worked with a, an agent. 
before. And, and a lot of times, and I know other agents, and I, in a previous life, I did real estate, which we can chat about uh, before <laughs> Adlaw, actually. This one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a lot of com- commonalities, but no, no, I'm not a performer, though. You're not going to see me uh, jumping around in Cirque, Cirque shows anytime soon. <laughs> it depends soon. on how many drinks. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I may have been there. I don't know. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, well, I forgot where I was going with that, but it, it's, it's tough, you know? I mean, um, agents just tend to not reinvest in their business. They don't yeah. treat, I think what you said is perfect. They don't treat it like a business. No, well, everybody's got their circle of friends. Some people yeah. have more friends than others, but if your only clients are only the people you know, everyone eventually it runs, runs out. out. Yeah. So everyone starts at first and, you know, Auntie May and Uncle Timmy and everybody comes to them, of course, but then problems happen. I know one new agent right now where things have been not on my team, but mm-hmm who jumped in with no assistance, not on a team, sure, and doesn't have somebody overlooking their paperwork. Like exactly. That, that's not a transaction. If you hire an attorney and it's their mm-hmm. first documents that they're looking at... Probably not a good idea. <laughs> would an attorney's office take somebody and say, here, have a client, good luck? Yeah. Like, and that's the interesting thing about real estate, which is why you see a lot of change right now. Mm-hmm. I think consumers are asking for change. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. So um, you started out at Realty One Group. Yep. Right, and while you were over at, um, at at Cirque, why did you choose that brokerage? And like, you know, tell me a little bit more about your experience working for them. So at the time, they had a different model than most. Um, we were guaranteed some things, which were nice, and I had some nice uh, manager, great managers. Actually, one of them was uh, a guy named Dave Tina, who now has his own uh, brokerage called Urban Nest. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar and, with uh, that. Yep. And Dave was great. And uh, at the time, I needed assistance. He was there. And uh, and then, um, you know, I was looking for something different at the time. You know, it's not always, everyone's needs in real estate as far as from a brokerage mm-hmm. are all really different. Sure. So one's better for one person could be not as good for another person. Sure. So Gavin Ernstone owns Simply Vegas. Gavin Ernstone and John Gafford. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gavin is a beast. He literally sells, He's been in it for a long time. He has, yeah. and he sells $100 million every year. He's a luxury agent, but he's a high-touch, high-quality luxury agent. His marketing is beautiful. It's impeccable. So Got I it. called him up. He said, yeah, mate, come on over. If you heard that accent, he'd say it was the worst English accent. But he said, hey, come on over, mate. Like, uh, yeah. let's meet. And uh, the first thing I asked him is, can I have your photographer? Can I have your graphic designer? Yeah. Can I have your video guy? And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's so important to, to put an emphasis on that. And, and that's something you do and a lot of agents don't do, which is surprising to me because it's it's your brand. It, it's like any other business, like AdLava. We're doing the, we're not doing this podcast for fun, right? We're trying to yeah. build our brand and, and get our name out there and invest well, you in like it too you said it before I do. it's kind of nice yeah like, it is it, fun it's fun i don't yeah, feel like yeah. working so i'd rather talk to you and, <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah i mean it's it's just um you know I, I just think they they a lot of people try to do real estate part-time yeah and and say oh i can just do a couple transactions a year but the realistic the reality is no business works like that right no you have could to put time and energy into part-time it. attorney a part-time doctor like or could you imagine calling a doctor and being like, uh, let me let me get back. Uh, no, hold on one second. Like yeah. that's what a lot of agents have where you call and they're not professional. And that like no doctor's office would ever the surgeon's not gonna answer the phone. Yeah. No. Like you're gonna have somebody who qualifies you, then you're gonna have an appointment, and then at that point, even maybe you're unqualified and they mm-hmm. don't move you to that next step, but they sure. refer you to somewhere else. Yeah. Like that's what I see a lot of 
big teams across the country starting to do mm-hmm. is really tightening that whole process up, and they have a step-by-step, so everyone always knows what's going on. That's the big thing for me is I don't want my clients to ever not know what's going on. If they have to call me first, then I'm already too late. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great way to look at well, it. You know how it is. If you're calling somebody to ask what's going on, then that means you're worried, hey, what's going on? And I feel like that's my job to get ahead of that. Well, and I see that, you know, yeah. like when, when a client emails our team and, and, and they beat us to the punch on something that we should have so, seen first, it drives me nuts. I, yeah. I, I can't stand that. And the, and the fire reaction. Yeah. And, <laughs> it, yeah, and it happens, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, when you're a team and you're relying on people and, and um, you know, things fall through the cracks, but it, to have a set process and really go through that is, is super important and making sure everyone knows what their role is and their responsibility. And at the end of the day, it's all about the client, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, um, Going backtracking a little bit back to your Sorry, Cirque, yeah. Cirque um, experience, because that's super interesting, right? I saw it on your LinkedIn. I was like, whoa, he's a Cirque performer? I had no idea. Um, was there anything, any takeaways you had from being a performer that helped you in your real estate career? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, uh, and first off, with Cirque, it was one of the – I've done everything in entertainment you could do pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, the atmosphere at Cirque was pretty amazing because it was not people who grew up about to like didn't want to perform they were these are Gymnasts, former right? former world champs olympians uh x games gold medalists oh no way so you're surrounded by a third performers a third acrobatics and a third extreme sports uh so i uh, just wanted to say that real fast the atmosphere there was just really like Unique. you know you take a couple friends snowboarding you don't expect all of them to throw doubles and you're the <laughs> yeah. you're the worst athlete on <laughs> yeah. the on the, on yeah, the you s- thought you were great until you went yeah, there that's the like, top oh. of the line i mean that's that's the peak of performance right there too. but no um so you were saying as far as uh, like what did you what were some takeaways like i'm sure yeah. you know one of the things i've learned from talking to people is like you know the things they learned even their youth and experiences i've had you know going through college and whatever kind of led me to where I am today. And, and I was curious as to like, what what did you get out of performing that maybe helped you in your real estate career? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And honestly, I was a, I was a shy kid, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And I, performing, I think, actually helped me kind of battle through that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a little quiet. My mom used to laugh that I'd carry a bag of goldfish around and just eat the goldfish. And she was worried that I didn't know how to speak. Yeah. Uh, and so I think... You know, through some struggles of having the confidence when I was little to get up there, yeah, it, it really, really, I think, helped me bust through that. And uh, we've got a shy daughter right now, and we're making her perform. I'm not saying yeah. making her; she sure. she likes it, but yeah, she. I think if she didn't, she would still be kind of inside her shell. So yeah, I think definitely that. And you know, your your job in entertainment is to feel the energy of a room. Mm-hmm. And I think in business, in sales, in negotiations, it's almost the exact same thing where yeah. based on someone's energetic response or mm-hmm. how their face responds, if you're staring at three to 5,000 people every night, you feel the energy in the room. You know if it's positive or sure. negative tension. I've traveled all over the world performing, and in Japan, the the cultural reality of how they respond to a show is completely different. How do they it. respond? They don't. <laughs> they don't. They, there is not yeah. a sound. You think you are the worst performer on the planet. Yeah. So if you're an American where Americans are notoriously loud, sure. Uh, then you're expecting like you do this trick in America, then you get there and it's like, <gasps> yeah. 
they don't like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Do they clap at the end or anything? They or go crazy at the end. They clap for 10, 15 minutes straight. And Got then it. they bring gifts and they throw things on stage and they, they come to the stage door. So yeah. they're just told to respect your time and your uh, focus. Yeah. And then they just give you all of it at, at one time. It's, the, it's amazing. culturally completely different. But yeah. things like that are, interestingly enough... You learn these things and kind of take them in. I got the opportunity to travel around the world. And you learn yeah. about, like in Thailand, you'll have a giant castle next to 17 rows of uh, homes with boarded up windows. And yeah. like you start to, in real estate, that yeah. doesn't really happen in, in America. Usually there's some like very defined areas. Sure. Other countries, it's just very different. And I think traveling also helped me. But on the business level, I think absolutely the the discipline, mm-hmm. the ability to work together. You're in high stress, uh, especially in dangerous TV. too. I mean, yeah, yeah and yeah. TV and anything live. Like I did uh, Dancing with the Stars. I'm um, I've always been obsessed with the behind the scenes of entertainment, even sure. more than the on stage. Believe it or not, yeah. I think that's why I love business so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching the way a live show that is recorded works is probably one of the most organized things you will ever see in your entire life. Really, I've never been a part of something well, like that. It's like yeah. three, two, one. Could you imagine now yeah. you've got lights, you've got audio, you've got oh, yeah. you've got to now telecast it. So then you've got del- sound delays. You've got a show that hopefully is ready to go. Yeah, like yeah. You've, you've got the element of a contest. This is a contest. So like watching that whole thing unfold from behind the scenes, if my business could be exactly that, then you're good. You're good. Like <laughs> yeah, any yeah. business. Yeah. And when you see live entertainment, it, the energy of that is kind of how I feel even in my own office sometimes. I know the team looks at me and they're like, oh no, he went to a conference. <laughs> He's all screwed. pumped up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I kind of carry that energy from my live entertainment days where I'm, yeah. I'm never, I don't want to say I'm never satisfied. That doesn't really come across the way I want sure. it to, but I'm always pushing yourself to get better. Hundred percent, yeah. And you do the same in live entertainment, mm-hmm. and I feel that's kind of carried over to business. Where you know, if you're in live entertainment, you need to be doing what's accepted and trendy and people like and all that. Yeah, it's kind of the same in marketing. You oh, yeah. need to yeah. be able to catch their eye. We're not doing a podcast right now because it's not popular. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, people like podcasts right yeah. now. They yeah. like vlogs. They like to know people mm-hmm. back in the day you could kind of hide behind your business yeah you can't do that anymore they want to know who nick is yeah. oh cool nick's from jersey yeah nick used to eat fat cats uh, in college <laughs> yeah. that's cool like, we won't tell every story from Rutgers, but yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah <I'll> keep those. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. no I, I agree with everything you're saying i mean it's 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 just awesome to hear all the things you did before i mean it's a it's a really interesting background it's, yeah it's honestly i feel yeah. like it shaped me in in so many ways and even on my team i've got a few one girl was uh, on the national team for the canadian uh for diving platform diving okay another guy was one of the best trampolinists in the world another guy uh, i toured with back in the day uh Actually, one of my first gigs on a cruise ship, he was my boss. So it's funny. Oh, no way. Um, he, uh, you know, he was on Broadway. And then uh, we've got other people on the team that are just, I'm expecting that same level mm-hmm. in real estate, and they bring it. Yeah. And I feel like because of being around people that were at the top of what they do, that's what I expect now, too. Like, I want that same thing. I want the best 
escrow title company. Yeah. I want the best lender who's going to deliver, communicate, do a good job, and equally be a pleasant person to deal with. Sure, but you want you want to find the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or be able to cultivate someone that has. We, we've brought on people here where they were a little rough on on skills, but like I always tell everyone, like you can train skills, but you can't train them to be a good person, to have yeah. work ethic. Um, and, and I think a lot of the people you mentioned are, that, you work, that work for you are ex-performers, right? So that performance background, you know what it takes to be at that level and to perform. Yeah. And it's obviously a characteristic in the, in the type of people you want to work with, which, oh, is, for which sure. is interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it drives my wife nuts sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? She's equally the same way. And, yeah, she's uh, going to be watching this, by the way. So. I, I, hey, my wife's amazing. I would never, like, in all ways, we're similar like that. If we yeah. want to cook, we'll find the best recipe we can and yeah. we'll, we're all out. Like, we're going to make pasta from scratch. Heck yeah. We're yeah, going to do, do it. it. That's awesome. Like, that That's fun to me. And same with business. Like yeah. I like to kind of take things apart mm-hmm. and then put them back together. And hopefully it's something that is improved from what it was. A hundred percent. So you have kids you mentioned? Yeah. Two kids. Boy, girl, or two girls. Nice. I have a, a, a four, a four girl household. We have a, a oh, female dog as well. <laughs> so a girl dog. Yeah. Named Sushi, okay. and then my two girls, Avery and Ella, okay. who are cool. 10 and 12. My oldest turns 13 tomorrow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, my wife as well, Amy. Yeah, I got I got two boys, and uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of work. I got a three-year-old and three-and-a-half-year-old and a, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Okay, so. I was trying to make sure they weren't 10 and 12. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> two boys. Watch Keep out. them away. Keep them away. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, especially during the pandemic when we're when quarantined with yeah. uh you know, a one-year-old and trying to work, it, it was not easy. We had one point where all four of us were on Zooms and just like yeah. muting ourselves. And like, you go in the other room. <laughs> no, you go in the other yeah, room. Yeah, because they're at the age where they're eating up your internet. Right? Oh, 100. Yeah, yeah I, we up to one gigabit <laughs> not because yeah. like all four of us on Zooms, I'm in the guest room, like sitting on a bed, trying to look professional behind me. Yeah. One's outside, like walking around the pool, trying to do school. Yeah. Like, Get inside, sit down. Like, oh man, I was on Zoom calls. My son's like, dad, I want banana and like screaming bananas. Like, banana! and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> He doesn't understand the, the concept that I'm on the phone. I'm, you know. Well, no, they do. Here's the thing about kids, especially, yeah. well, you know, with the three-year-old probably. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, they, as soon as the phone touches your ear. That's when they want. That's when they want you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before that, they're like peaceful. Yeah. You know, Caillou, creepy Caillou's on TV. Because they want your attention like And then as soon hours. as that phone hits your ear. It's done. There they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great having kids, but it's 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 challenged balancing work and, yeah. and having kids. And, and, and when they get to the age that your daughters are at, you're running around, like you said, dance recitals. and Chauffeur. Yeah. It's the chauffeur stage. What's like that? Warn me right now. What, what, what do I got going for me? Coming it's up. crazy. They have their schedules are, are worse than ours. Like our daughter right now, she's the lead in Frozen. She's oh, gonna cool. actually next week. Uh, she's performing and she's there every day from three to seven. Oh wow! The other one finishes dance at eight or nine at night. Yeah, and I'm like, dinner's too late. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like naturally yeah. we probably wouldn't eat until then anyway because everybody's so busy. Sure, but so yeah. I'm home at seven or eight i have to pick up one of them the other one's home at eight we're eating at 8 39 oh, yeah. and then turning around and going to sleep yeah and doing the whole thing Back over up again at five and continue on yeah it's crazy yeah well we're able to do it somehow some yeah. days i'm like i, I can't do it <laughs> you know, i come home from work and i'm like oh my god changing diapers at you know eight o'clock i'm like no i'm good yeah i'm happily happily past 
the diaper stage for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out of now that. Now I get the uh, the uh, preteen. Uh, oh, good luck. Preteen uh, <laughs> attitude stage. <laughs> yeah. I still remember my sister when she was in her teenage years, and it was uh, it was challenging for my for my parents. Oh, I, I would yeah. say. No, I remember my sister's four years older, so I remember yeah. my brother and I just laughing because we watched my parents deal with it, and the two yeah. of us were twelve and ten. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. So so let's transition into like your current career. Um, with the Brendan King group, like what do you guys have like a niche or is there anything that you focus on? I know you, you do a lot, right? But um tell us a little bit more about your core focus at, at the at the company. Sure. Yeah. So uh like I said before, it's about a, a team of six. Um we we deal with the entire valley. That's why we have a team. Um, so we've literally sold everything from the most expensive home in the Valley at 13 million a few years ago, oh, wow. uh, to all the way down to a hundred thousand and each of us kind of target a different demographic. So that's why I have a team so that depending on the type of client, then we have the right person for that situation. What is your focus? Typically? Um, typically I'll handle more of the upper price ranges. I have okay. a lot of experience in that, um, you know, I like the thirteen million dollar sale was uh, a casino magnate in town who oh, wow. was super well known and you know he, very demanding, wanted things immediately, and oh, I'm sure. and uh, at that price you'll you'll be like okay, I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, work with you yeah, yeah yeah and uh and you know I I quite enjoy that mm-hmm. uh, I really do uh, he literally would call and say who's my neighbor and I he's just like I'll wait. And, you know, pull over in the car, yeah. pull up tax records, send them all the tax records. Here you go, Mr. So-and-so, da-da-da-da-da. Sure. And uh, another time he wanted, one of the neighbors was a celebrity in town. He said, get me the number. Uh, and I said, okay. And then hung <laughs> up and said, oh. <laughs> what did oh, you do? No. Uh, I called everybody I knew that was this particular guy was in entertainment. So I called every stage manager I knew to get a hold of the stage manager. That what did he want him. to talk to him about? Uh, the lot that was for sale next to his house. Got it. Okay. So uh, I ended up calling and getting a hold of his personal assistant. And yeah. then he said, yeah, he's out on the jet ski right now in Bermuda. As oh, soon as he gets back, I'll have him uh, call you. And uh, and I connected them and that kind of I love stuff like that yeah like I feed off that well it's a human connection yeah. too and, and real estate what's cool about it is you're meeting all different walks of life and and, and building relationships my mom my mother does real estate and um you know she's good friends with with people she sold homes to she specializes in 55 plus communities oh, yeah. and um, she lives in Siena and she does really well and um, I've got a listing appointment tomorrow at 9 a.m. in Siena oh do you yeah. it's a nice community out you there send me your mom's number I'll see if she knows anybody there you go yeah <laughs> she, yeah she works primarily with buyers yeah. Um, yeah she does she does great but she does a great job and she's she cares a lot about her, her customers you yeah, know and, yeah and um you know it's it's a uh, I think it's a lucrative business financially but it's it's also emotionally um you know a great business too. Like you can really build. It is grueling. Like it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but you have to be the type to be able to, to just let it not bother you as far as the fact that you may get a text at 11 PM. Sure. But that's when people aren't working. Yeah. So they finally sat down and now their mind's going about, Oh, the house, the house, the house. So we have to handle things at that time. How do you organize your day and keep organized with with the chaos, if you will? Like getting those 11 o'clock calls and maybe you need to get up early. You know what I'm saying? Like how how do you manage it? Uh, Um, My wife says I'm somehow (laughs) numb to the the stress of it. I 
it, it is what it is to me. Like that's a good saying I use a lot is it is what it is. Like yeah. there are certain scenarios when, you know, things can go sideways that are not your fault in a sure. deal. Maybe it's a lender. Maybe someone decided that it was a really good idea to buy a Maserati when they're buying a $400,000 house and they're closing in a week. Yeah, you know, not things, a good idea. Not a good idea. Yeah. But everything's fixable. Everything's reversible. Everything is sometimes not fixable, but you have to be willing to do what you can to make sure that is the case mm-hmm. and then push forward. I don't let things bother me. Yeah. And when it comes to organizing my day, every day is different, but that's what I like about it. Sure. Like if keeps you were it, to, interesting. if you were to say, here's your schedule every day, which was kind of what it was like in showbiz, which I did like at that time Yeah. because I knew I could show up and do that part while having my real estate chaos during the day. Sure. Uh, so that balance, at least I knew I could click the card and never not give 110, always 110, but at least I knew I was within centimeters of the same spot and exactly the same time of the music. Yeah. And then in this side, on the real estate side, I thrived on the change every single day, which, yeah. is, which is fun. Oh, yeah. I have 30-day cycles of friends. Yeah. Where you have a group of people, 30 days, they're, you know, sometimes out of your life and like, cause they may move away. Oh, yeah. But you had this great experience with them. And I'll always check in and just say, hey, how's Florida? How's Minnesota? Sure. And they'll usually, usually reach out and say, hey, you know, we're loving our place here. Yeah. One of my clients moved to Pennsylvania and he, uh, I always tease him cause he, he's one of my favorite clients. He's yeah. just hilarious. And he literally calls me. He's like, Brandon, I need to go back to Vegas. He literally was like, I'm going back Freezing. to Vegas. He's yeah. like, forget it. So last night he messaged me. He said, I love my house. Look what we did. And I was like, oh, it looks amazing. Yeah. And I love that when they send me the renovations. Oh, sure. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. But this particular client, last night I texted him back and I said, I bet you are missing the heck out of Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> yeah. And he just shot the laughing emoji back to me and yeah. said, nope. Yeah, everyone I talk to that know friends back east, I'm like, why are you guys still living back there? I mean, you got to wake up and shovel, you know, scrape your windshield and, yeah. and deal with the cold and snowing 22 inches. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not, no. I'm not passing that so up. So I yeah. love the snow personally. Yeah. We have a place up in Brian Head. And, oh, nice. Uh, the nice thing is in the West Coast, you can go to it and then get the heck out of it. Exactly. You enjoy it. You look at it. It looks beautiful. Yeah. And I'm out of here. Yeah, that's why when it snowed, well, kind of snowed here, you know, yeah. a few weeks ago, I was like, man, this is nice to see snow. My kids had a school day. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> Which, when you're on the East Coast, and it was a ahead of time scheduled school, uh, snow day. Really? You remember as a kid, oh, you yeah. would turn the radio on. That's and what I was just going to say. Yeah. School zone, da yeah. Da, yeah. canceled. And you're like, yeah. 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 It was all on the radio. And yeah. we'd all be huddled around, like, did they say Montgomery High School? Did they say Montgomery? Yeah. yeah. And then you're not even sure because there's so many schools in New Jersey. They're like, I think they said my school. Yeah. Those are some funny memories. I'll just tell mom they did. I can't believe they called school off here. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my daughters, not the other one, but yeah. uh, they ahead of time called it off because they were like, "Hey, we've got the capability right now to do online right away." Yeah. Because thanks to the pandemic, some some technologies like that have pushed forward. Yeah. Even for us with Zoom. Oh yeah. Yesterday was like Zoom day. We yeah. got a Zoom bar, so with clients, I can go in the calendar and uh, save as a guest BKG Zoom bar. BKG meaning Brendan King Group. Yep. So then uh, this TV in our office. Uh, I can hit a button and then boom, there's our client, you know, full yeah. size. It's awesome. I sat with four clients in a row yesterday and you just feel like you're in the same room 
Do you guys no. have your own office or are you out of the brokerage? So we have a small office in the brokerage and we just moved to another space. Um, my wife has a Pilates studio oh, cool. in town called Sculpt and Sweat. And nice. next door to that, we had a pretty large space that we were planning on actually pushing her business into that side too. Okay. And March 12th, we put the wall up. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we were actually in Brian Head. We'd yeah. get, you know, the the world shutting down. Yeah. So we decided not to expand at that time. But thank God, you know what? That at least we didn't do it yet. Yeah. But it also gave us space to space all her reformers out and do her business with 10 feet between each client. How's her business doing now? With it's good. Going on? It's good. It's not back. I think anybody in fitness, uh, I'm sure you'll have somebody sure. in here on, from fitness. Uh, nobody's back to normal. So yeah. she's... Yeah. Yeah, she's she loves her clients. She has very devoted clients. Some of them are on Zoom now. Oh, it's awesome. Which you know, at least she has that ability. And yeah. then we moved into the space next door. Okay. So I can like open the door and be like, "Hey, <laughs> then, that's awesome." And then pop back over, and it's a big open space with like raft, like uh, the cross trusses. And, oh, cool. Where's it at? West uh, side or? Yeah, we're on uh, Tropicana and Hualapai. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Six minutes from home. My daughter's school's right nearby, so it's we're just kind of trying to keep it all close to home. That's cool. Yeah. So going back to um, you know when you first started out, because I'm yeah, always yeah. interested in, in, in real estate. It's like uh, you know a lot of people get into it and they give up early on because it is that's the hardest part. Um, you have to build up a pipeline, and then once you start getting clients, if you do a good job, they start referring you to friends and family, and it kind of snowballs from for there. Sure. How long did it take for you to build momentum to where you could be like, okay, I can do this full time? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's enough money or I'm surviving, you know, when, when was that? How long did it take? So I, I just realized today that I have my, I've had my license for nine years. Okay. So I didn't officially go full time until about three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I left Cirque and that was when I kind of ripped the bandaid off and said, you know what, I've got a sustainable business that I know I can create a team from this. Sure. And uh, prior to that, I was sustainable for sure. But like you said before, you can't do it full out and also have another job. I was yeah. working 70 hours a week, so mm-hmm. no client knew that I had another job. Sure. But I didn't think I was giving it a full attempt by doing both. How did you schedule that? Because obviously uh, you mentioned earlier that it was pretty rigid with the schedules. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, well, you mentioned a little bit during the performance. You were- <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, literally, I would yeah. be on stage, and some guys would be like, hey, Brendan, I, I want to sell my house. And I'd be like, all right. And we're on stage, yeah. literally, and, like, flipping over something. And I turn to them, all right. Uh, how about tomorrow, two o'clock? Like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow too. Did you get a lot of business so, from other performers? I did, yeah. Okay, so that cool. helped because we we're on the same schedule. Sure. So I was up every day anyway at six a.m. because my mm-hmm. wife worked mornings and I worked nights. So, uh, you know, I'd take get the girls ready, get them to school, yep. and then I would literally go from eight until whatever time I had to be at the at this at the show. Oh wow! So it was you know eight to three ish, eight to four ish, and then run over there do the whole Cirque crazy makeup thing and then jump on stage. That's wild, man. One day I turned to my uh, artistic director, which is kind of the person in charge at the shows, Mm -hmm. and I I didn't even say anything. She looked me in the eyes and she's like, it's time, huh? You're done. (laughs) So she always checked in with me because she knew. She's like, Brendan, I know you're busy. Like, I know. I I know a lot of people you work with. And I said, it's time. Yeah. And I, you know, ripped the Band-Aid off and then we took off. And actually that high-end client was a couple months later. And that kind of helped catapult from there. Yep. And then uh, 
I know you had mentioned before I started at Realty One, why did I moved to Gavin. Yeah. Uh, it was for the fact, like I said, that, you know, he, I could turn to him mm -hmm. and say, hey, I have this issue or I have this uh, type of client. What's your advice? And it's always very good advice. And yeah. in this case with this client, I called him and he said, you know, I think you've got this, Brendan. You know, you've, de you, you've developed the relationship. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I, he's like, oh, you know, go for it, uh, drive forward. And, but he's always, that's where he's really great, like, as far as advice is concerned. Sure. Sometimes he's just like, you got this, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it takes that experience, right? And sometimes you feel iffy when you're first starting out. You know, oh, like, anything. Am I yeah. going to do it wrong? Do I have all the contracts right? And to be able to, to bounce ideas or, or get feedback from someone that's done it is, is always And even now, crucial. like, I have that favorite list on my phone where attorneys – accountants, mm -hmm. you know, 1031 exchanges, you know, anything like that where it's a very specific thing. I know enough about it, but I always consult an attorney or an accountant or, you know, a 1031 specialist because rules change. Sure. You know, anything with law, with contracts, it's not a set in stone thing. No. Somebody no. sues somebody and everything changes. Yeah. <laughs> And there's some crazy stuff that my mom tells me stories about some some stuff that happens with her and like it's all it's a done deal and right at the last second it it, it goes to hell. You think you know you everything know? about humans until you do real estate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there is some. I got uh, yeah. There's some funny stories, but yeah, yeah. And some of the people that you know, you think you know, you don't really know until they buy or sell a house. Well, because it's such an emotional purchase, it's a big yeah. purchase, right? Sometimes for some people, probably not the guy that bought a 13 million dollar home, but it's their biggest purchase they'll ever make. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears that went into the money that they made to be able to make the purchase. And so you're dealing with their emotions, hundred percent, which, yeah. which is always challenging. Like for us at AdLava, there's an emotional side to it, but it's more of a business focus, financial focus. It's not like they're thinking about their kids or th what the schools are like. Yeah. And, you know, so it's a and whole different beast. We're yeah. ingrained in their life at that point. Yep. Like you're yep. showing up and having documents signed while they're trying to feed their kids cause it's after work. Sure. And, so you really, like my one client's daughter, I tried to make sure she was in the video for the property because she's like really animated and excitable. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I would love to have her in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you really do get intertwined with their life. I have another client just moved to Seven Hills and, uh, you know, they were so thankful and I worked with them for 11 months. They moved from Boston, the nicest people. They were a referral from an old performing client, actually. Sure. It's his sister. Okay. And I was so happy for them when we found the house that was the house. Yeah. And that's the big thing with my team is you hear all the time with agents being like, you should put an offer in, you should put an offer in. Yeah. You know, we'll tell you the the real deal of what's going on. Sure. You know, okay, it's a very competitive market. You need to move quick. Yep. But never, ever, ever, I tell this to the whole team, we never try to get somebody to put an offer in on something that they don't choose to put an offer in. That's a great, yeah. Like, I want to find their forever home, and they call me three months later, and they say, hey, like, I love this this property. I love the neighborhood. Not, oh, like, why did you force me into this house? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so as one of the, like, the top agents in the U.S., like, what are... What are some things that you think you did that either other agents don't do or, or a lot of other business owners in general don't do? Um, is there anything specific that you can pinpoint that you're like, this has really helped grow my business? And you know what? With I Like I said, I like to network a lot. I like to go to conferences. Mm -hmm. And the one kind of, I would say, through line that seems to carry from one agent to the next that I know is very similar is just over-delivering. You know what I mean? Like you want 
stats about a property. Here's the stats, but here's also this and this and this, and here's sure. the schools. And by the way, I know the restaurant owner down the street, uh, amazing family. They've had this restaurant for 18 years. If you love to travel, three hours away is Brian Head. Sure. Don't forget that Mount Charleston is here. Like Little things like that that you think are small bits of information. If someone's new, they don't know that they can ski at Mount Charleston. Sure. 45 minutes away, yeah. they have no idea. Like, they could literally golf and ski in the same exact day, Yeah, and that blows people's minds at first. People don't know that about this town, is yeah. it? And, and I always call it, a, uh, it's an amazing hub, because, you know, Vegas is a very dynamic city and growing, but then, you know, you're an hour or so from Zion, and you can go to Brian Head. Um, we did a company trip to Brian Head, rented a cabin, and we had a blast. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful up there. Oh, in the summer, so yeah. because of the pandemic, we went up a lot this summer for the first time. We bought it two years ago, but we'd only gone in the winter. And the summer is amazing because oh, yeah. in the winter, you can only get so far because the snow is 80 feet high. Sure, yeah. But in the summer, you could just go and go and go, and there's Bryce, Zion, mm-hmm. You know, the whole mountain range all the way up to Park City. Yeah. It's just amazing country. It's really nice. Plus, we're a flight away, 45 minutes to L.A. if you want, or a four-hour drive. You yeah. can go to, I like to go to Scottsdale. We went there for uh, Christmas. Um, yeah, Scottsdale's nice. great. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. even like my brother lives in Los Feliz in, mm-hmm. uh, in L.A., I think I've been to the beach the same amount of times he has. Oh, yeah. They from, don't go. <laughs> from Vegas. You don't yeah. go to the beach because it no. takes 80 hours. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, we're heading over to California. You want to go? Yeah, 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 we'll go. Yeah. And it, it's literally, I think, the same. Maybe he's been a few more times. Sure. My brother started sailing recently, so yep. he's been going a little more often. But, yeah. Our, I, our last guest said the exact, he's from uh, Irvine or whatever, but not, he also lived near the beach, and he was like, once you live there, you become almost spoiled or whatnot, and you just, you don't go. Well, it's like the yeah. Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, or yeah. Times Square. <laughs> yeah. Like, things you just don't do yeah, if, if you, you live, live in New Jersey. Or, or it's like the Strip, you know? Like, we'll yeah. go for, like, big dinners or if friends are in town, but for the most part, pretty much avoid it at yeah. this point, And right? I think <laughs> I sound like an old man when I go. I'm like, oh, I gotta walk, and yeah. you gotta, all these hallways, and the smoke, it's so smoky in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And that's actually a good point. One mm-hmm. thing I always explain that out of, like this weekend, I have a client coming in from Chicago, mm-hmm. who's a referral from a couple other Chicago clients. Sure. Um, the restaurants in Vegas are awesome. Like, they're, they're great. Yeah. Like, the not not even mentioning the strip, like the fact that, now a lot of the chefs that used to um, work on the used to work on the strip and then go to LA, go to New York, go to Chicago. Now they stay here yeah. and they see the fact that they can start a family here and have their own restaurant and the spaces don't cost twenty dollars a square foot. Exactly. Like I think my space is a dollar a square foot. Yeah. Like and my dad laughs because they have yeah. four spaces for their dance studios in New Jersey and he's like. What? Yeah, it's like unheard of. <laughs> I feel like the secret's getting out though, the yeah. way things are going. I, so I, that's a good point, actually, because yeah. that's why our prices are skyrocketing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And, and that's one of the things I'm worried about because it, it was always super affordable. And, and when you look at pound for pound, all the things you can do outdoors, entertainment, yeah. um, f- phenomenal restaurants, um, it's endless, right? Plane, like you can hop on a plane and go anywhere in the world. Yeah. As of 10 years ago, you couldn't do some of these direct flights, but that new terminal opened up, I guess you could say the whole world. Like it really did. Like you can go to Berlin, Germany. Now you can fly to direct to Japan. You can, I think we have direct flights to Hawaii from here now, as of this year, like things like that just keep, they keep adding and adding. Plus the convention center, you know, as living here and you have a convention, 
it's here. Yeah. <laughs> so you just got to drive 15 minutes to go to the uh, the convention center. But so. even actually, I have one uh, yeah. that I was supposed to go to last year and this year. Hopefully, this year it happens. I don't yeah. know. But uh, or even like the minor, we have tickets to the minor league stadium for the Aviators. Oh, cool. Like. They did an amazing job Beautiful on that stadium. stadium. We used to have one of the worst in the country. Now we have the best. Yep. Golden Knights. Fully, yeah, fully did an amazing job with that. Yep. And then now the Raiders are trying to copy everything that the Golden Knights did because yep. they saw the success they had. Yeah. I had a buddy who worked for Cirque who got a call from MGM in New York City, and they were like, because uh, they knew that Cirque had done a lot of gigs with the Golden Knights. Sure. And they said, we want you to replica everything that the, <laughs> no you kidding. did with the Knights. Yeah. And he was like, what? Like, yeah. this is crazy. Well, they became like a template for how to run a professional yeah. sports franchise. And they're brand new. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is yeah. MGM, you know, that Madison Square Garden, MSG, sorry, not MGM. Uh, I'm, I've got Vegas on the mind. Yeah. yeah. MSG, which is Madison, Madison Square Garden, where if you grow up in New Jersey or New York, sure. that's where the Knicks play. Yep. They're looking for advice on what to do. They've been around, they're an institution. And that's probably their problem, yeah. though. Is it, one thing, I, you know, this town is all about is innovation. Yeah. And I think the Golden Knights, what they did was they didn't poo-poo on the city. They, they embraced it. Yeah. And they made it a, a Vegas experience. So you have cirque yeah. performers and, you know, drummers and, you and know. And they kept it classy, too. They though. did. They didn't go the cheesy route. No, like, it wasn't Elvis. There Elvis are <laughs> times where I'm like, can we lose the poker chips? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we can work past this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I've had some uh, a, a client signed an NDA, but so I can't say too much. But there's sure. some exciting things coming near the Strip with some future-type cities yeah. that uh, they're testing in Vegas first. And the reason for it is because the Strip is right there and you know some you of the everybody biggest there. people from all over the world come there at least once a year. Yep. So they can say, hey, while you're here, can you check out this uh, you know, example of a, of a future city? Sure. And uh, I, was, I literally, I'm in the middle of placing this particular client who's one of the developers for this. And uh, he said, "This is, you know, this is pretty huge for Vegas, and yeah. we've got a few of those uh, developments. Uncommons off the two fifteen mm-hmm. is going to be this indoor, outdoor, work, live, play space. That's like on near Durango, is it? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that one's going to be great. The Bend, Dapper, Jay Dapper, another mm-hmm. great developer in town who's really creative, does really fun things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a great develop- development going in there across from Ikea. Yeah. Like these are the things that make this city so unique. And it's real infrastructure too. Like before yeah. everything was very focused on the strip yeah. and then maybe like downtown and whatnot or the South Strip expansion. And now you have like the sphere, you've got the, you know, uh, Elon Musk building the, the, the and they're expanding company. It. They're already expanding it. Yeah. Like yeah. they're already like, Hey, you know what? This is the place to check it out. Let's see. How nice would that be if one day that thing pops out and, Henderson yep. or Summerlin, and you've got you know a tube that connects the whole city, and they decide to do that. And what other Elon, cities doing hey, this? Elon, yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you listening? Yeah, <laughs> but like, what other cities doing this kind of stuff? You know, yeah. that, that's why that's the whole point of this podcast is to talk to people like you that are doing real things and, and see all these things that a lot of people don't don't get to experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so going back to your real estate uh, experience, um, you built a team. Um, and you mentioned there's some of them are performers and things like that. At what point in the career did you start adding people on, and um, and what what specific roles do they all you know focus on besides the niche of like your luxury, your this? Um, are there specific like admin responsibilities or like how did you how did you build the team? I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, so we have an office manager who's also a, a TC or transaction coordinator. We okay. used to have a virtual, not virtual, but kind of I guess you could say virtual 
non-in-house uh, transaction coordinator. We decided to move that in-house. Okay. And then we have something called an ISA, which is an inside sales agent. That person, uh, high touch, goes through our database and makes sure that we're connecting with everybody. So if, if I have a listing and a buyer is interested, the last thing I would ever want is for a lead to come in that's not uh, taken care of immediately. Sure. So that's his position is to then high touch. You know, buyer specifically or? Buyer specifically and, uh, in that situation, but then also sellers. If somebody connects with us, we want to be able to reach out to them right away. Okay. So the, the way real estate is going, and this is – uh, across the country, uh, a lot of my friends who are doing 300 and 500 million, they have kind of a model where they have a group of people who mm-hmm. first connect with the client and then immediately set up an appointment with an agent so that then they're getting that customer service where they're not having to think about old Zillow when someone would request information sure. and then they would never get a call back. Yeah. Like, that's what Zillow's even doing now. They're starting to do something called Zillow Flex where someone requests it, they ping it to five agents, and they try to connect them immediately. Interesting. We're kind of doing a similar style to that. We have a lead line. Things come in. Are they licensed agents? or The, or? the ISA is not, and they don't ask anything real estate related. Got so it. it's more about like, hey, how are you? Thank Customer you. Customer service. Exactly, thing. 100%. And then, uh, and then the agents then connect with the client right away. And we have a pretty intricate uh, CRM that then, or customer management software, sure. that then connects with them. You know, it texts them, it sends them emails. Mm. And something we're working on right now is doing informational videos that then also automatically go out. And then, thanks to you guys, our new website is very easy to use. So then our blog posts and pages we're able to quickly drop in a video, quickly drop in information and get it out in you know minutes. What type of videos are you guys doing? Uh, so half the reason for moving to the new space is to to get these out. And uh, we had one uh, one of our video guys come in and just do one about us as human beings. Sure. Like, uh, not, hey, we sell your house. Yeah. <laughs> very much like, hey, we like what we do. We do a good job. We work hard. And it was very much kind of a branding video. Sure. And then now from here, we're going to chunk it down to something as simple as why should I get a pre-approval? Mm-hmm. Or I want to buy a house. Where do I start? Yeah. And little things like that, that you could find yourself searching mm-hmm. and then getting those into YouTube, IGTV, LinkedIn. Sure. Uh, now Clubhouse, like yeah. maybe getting together on Clubhouse and doing like Vegas real estate, you know, let's yeah. get together, all chat. You got to get your podcast going, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you, you told me you had all the equipment and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, literally once the pandemic happened, I was like, I got to pivot, I got to pivot. And yeah. I, I bought literally everything you see right here. I think I have all of it. Yeah, everybody like, panicked, right? When that first happened, we're like, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen, but it ended up being good for your business. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. So yeah, the market's on fire and most of that comes from low inventory, high interest. And so it's not like we're selling more. We're selling a little more than normal, but it's the frenzy of the fact that we don't have enough properties to replace it. Yeah. Like last month, I actually brought some stats with me just like real quick. And last month, 3,000 homes sold and the inventory is... Three thousand, like two hundred. What's typical? So, is it? What's the multiple on what a typical? So typical, it, you know, in a stag, like a even market, not mm-hmm. buyer, not seller. You're close to ten thousand, eleven thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, down to three. 
so inventory is what we usually use, like months of inventory. We're sure. at nearly one month of inventory. Wow. And even market is close to four or five. Wow. So what that tells us right now is if one month of homes sell and nothing else comes on, mm-hmm. everything's gone. Wow. So we're at all times one month away from inventory. No business carries one month of inventory on the on the books. Why are people not selling? More people not putting their home on the market, is uh, it? A couple things. Uh, some people are scared of COVID, of course, sure. and the pandemic. Some people, um, they there's some forbearance. Uh, like some people have for, uh, forbearance, which means they're they're able to push off the payment of their loan. Okay. Also, evictions are being kind of kicked down the street right now. Like if it's someone, June, right? So, yeah, well, they've pushed it back so many times. Sure. I've, I've kind of stopped uh, following because I know once it then reverses, then that's the more important date. Mm-hmm. So uh, it literally was November, then it was March, then June. So you know we'll see at this point, but that that kind of kicks the investors down the street because then they can't evict a client if they're not paying. But equally, understandably, they're helping people out at a point in time when you know they meet they need some help. Sure. And sure. Uh, so the big thing, a lot of people are like, "Is this 2008?" Yeah. And one major difference between 2008 and now is that people have a ton of equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2008, people didn't have a lot of no equity. equity. <laughs> you had uh, no interest loans. You had high uh, interest loans. You had. Um, you had a lot of situations. Everybody and their mother could get a loan. Oh, yeah. No dock loans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I make 300000 I worked at a bar back then, and, and the, every busser and bar back had a, did you buy a house yet? And I'm like, yeah. no. I felt like I was missing out on. I knew performers yeah. that had five homes. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, got left, uh, they got left with five homes in a situation where prices went way down. I owned a house in Jersey at the time of the crash. And uh, sold it for what we bought it for, but we had improved it by seventy, eighty thousand. So that's seventy, eighty thousand loss. Sure. But then I came here, and I had no idea what the situation was. Like I didn't know it was as bad as it was, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, bad and yeah. different story here, where everybody had purchased in a very short period of time mm-hmm. with very high risk loans. Sure. And you know that completely collapsed the market. The indicators right now don't tell me that that's the case. Sure. Uh, I'm always watching it. But one of the positives, like I said, is the heavy amount of equity and the interest. The mm-hmm. interest in Vegas, we have a lot of people from Cali that now are uh, working from home. Yep. I have a couple people that work in HR for pretty big companies that tell me that they don't think 30% of the workforce will ever go back in the near future. Yeah. So those are interesting bits of facts where I'm like, you know what, that's going to in some ways help markets like Boise, Nashville, mm-hmm. Texas, you know, us because of uh, low taxes, no corporate tax or yeah. no taxes, I should say, on income. Yeah. And then low real estate taxes. My first house in New Jersey. Well, it's scary, right? 2000, tax. 2004, $445,000 house, 1,500 square feet. Uh, I think my taxes were $9,000. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. They're now, you know, for a house a thousand square feet more, uh, my taxes are a third of what they were then, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll tell you a little personal story. So I thought I was smart. And uh, my wife and I was like, I was like, I feel like this is like 08. My gut tells me we got to sell our house. So we sold our house and we did pretty good. And and the same model, like a few weeks later, sold for about $15,000 less. Yeah. But, 
I keep looking at the market, talking to my mom who's in real estate, and I'm like, things keep going up. Yeah. Our neighborhood went down a little bit or is kind of stabilizing in, in Mountain's Edge. Yeah. But, you know, we were hoping to make money on the gain and then home prices go down and buy something. Yeah, yeah, Looks yeah. like we'll be renting for a while, I guess, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I to, to, you know, we didn't want to stay in the house forever anyway. Yeah. You know, so I don't really regret it, but we, we were, I was banking on it. I thought I was being smart, but I obviously- You know wasn't. what? There's something's got to give at this point. We don't know what that is yet, Yeah. but uh, I'm big on following all indicators and between the stock market mm-hmm. and Bitcoin- Which is also crazy. <laughs> and Bitcoin and housing, when, especially here, we have really high unemployment, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, I'm not one of those like perfect optimists where sure. I think things can continue forever. We're exceeding affordability a little bit here, yeah, because everybody who's coming here has more money than the people who are here living here. Yeah. So how that death dust settles, I don't know yet. Yeah. But I think that's part of the pushing of the prices right now is that a lot of these people from California are used to forty thousand over list, thirty thousand yeah. over list. Mm-hmm. Vegas, you know, a lot of people aren't used to that. I'm no. not paying over list. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. I wouldn't do and that. And for them, it's cheap too. I mean, they're, yeah. you say spend $800,000 in California, you're living in a shack. Basically. I have one family that just bought a house. It was my listing. The most recent comp was like 550 We put it on for 625 We would under contract two offers, pushed above 645 Uh And the family that bought it from Santa Cruz sold three homes there. And this house is bigger, yeah. nicer. It's got a strip view, mountain view. It's yeah, and they don't care about overpaying. It's they made good money on the homes they sold, right? No, so. and they said they would cover whatever the appraisal difference was. That you know that doesn't happen with somebody who lives here because they're not used to that. Sure, they're not willing to do that. But somebody from a different world, pretty much, they're they're willing to do it, and that's kind of what's driving some of our price appreciation: low inventory, high interest but also people numb to our market mm-hmm. who have a lot more cash than people who live here. Exactly. When do you see the whole California mass exodus uh, slowing down, or do you think it's just going to it's gonna be the new norm? It's got to slow down, and yeah. I, I would assume it, at some point. At mm-hmm. some point, will they stay? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. will they come here for a year, two years, take their appreciation and go? Yeah. Or will they come here, enjoy it more than they realize? And stay. And then stay and... and like we were talking about, go and have their beach trips yep. where when they're at the beach, it's actually a true vacation, sure. not where they live. You know, who knows? I don't know. I I wish I knew if if I uh, yeah if I had a crystal ball, you know. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre market because when, when I saw that 18,000 people got laid off at MGM, yeah. that's when I was like, I went home, I was like, we should sell our house. Like this is, and this is, this is not good. Um, yeah, and that's but, what I'm talking about. Like yeah. that's where there's some indicators that are, I see why it's going up. I know why it's going up. Sure. But something's got to give at some point. I don't know that it'll be housing prices. Will it be the market? Will it be the dollar? Will it be inflation? All of the above. Yeah, yeah. Who (laughs) Who knows? Like, it's just, it's almost too good to be true across the board. Feels that way. So I know why we are where we are now, and it will continue for now, because like I said, one month of inventory to replace that and increase, you have to have more inventory to have a, a situation where the prices don't increase. Mm-hmm. We don't have that now. And if we have one month and it takes four months, then that's already three months of no sales to get to an even market. Yeah. So then that means three months plus, you know, another four, five, six, 
So in the next nine to 12 months, I just can't see how it'll change. So I am going to be renting for a while. <laughs> <laughs> start, start hopping on the internet. <laughs> uh, you'll have to let me know when you think. Uh, I, heard the rates, I heard the rates are really good at the Excalibur right Yeah, now. exactly. It'd probably be cheaper than the rental. That's another thing too is that- Rents are up too. We were looking at rentals and like, and they were flying. I mean, we, my mom, you know, because she, like I mentioned, she's a realtor. She found a place to hit the market. It has dirt in the backyard. Yeah, it is a nice community, but we were like, we'll take it. I'll, like we couldn't find a rental. I'm actually, believe it or not, leaving here right now mm-hmm. uh, when I leave and I'm meeting a California client and uh, he's a, a celebrity that's leaving Venice Beach. He just rented his house on the canal in Venice Beach and he's coming to Vegas and uh, to because he rented his house there for a hundred grand yep. a year. Uh, so he'll make a $30,000 profit. He's coming here for a cheaper life. Yeah. I'm meeting him at, at three o'clock actually. Yeah. And, oh. uh, and he's changing his life. Cause he says, yeah. you know what? Vegas is really convenient. I can hop on a plane anywhere in the world. Yeah. He's a singer and an actor. So he knows if he's got an audition, most of them are by tape now. Yeah. And, uh, and then if he wants to get to LA, it's a 45 minute flight, go to his audition. He can, you know, stay at a friend's if he has to, or a hotel, but he's pretty much net even, like meaning zero costs by living here. Yeah. And he can have an easy life. And, and when entertainment opens back up, he could stay here and buy a house. He's, yeah, that's, that's what why, he's going to do. That's why part of me in my mind is like, it, you know, with all the things we have going on in the city and how it's expanding and becoming, in my mind, like a true city for the first time. I say I use that term yeah. all the time. It's finally, I when I got here, I think it was a teenager. Yeah. It, it, like Vegas. As a, yeah. If Vegas was a kid. Yeah. It was probably 16 years old and yeah. like just in like puberty, not sure what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. Now Vegas, I feel like is a late 20s. Oh yeah. Like person. Uh, and everyone wants to be that guy. You yeah. Know what yeah I mean? like, like that's kind of what it's what's happening right now. It's, yeah. It's, it's like they're, it's just figuring its itself out. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. Like coming from where we're from, where mm-hmm. everything. If I go back to my town it's right the now. Same. It looks no different. Like, yeah. I know I can get a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese sandwich which is at the delicious, deli by on the, the corner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which no one knows how good that is. Yeah. Uh, pork roll, by the way. Pork roll, I'll, yeah. I'll let that slide. Well, you're from South Jersey. That's <laughs> Central, but... Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like that, Yeah. that is like, uh, what was I saying? Um, <laughs> it's just nothing changes. Nothing it's the changes. same. It's yeah. the same. You even had the same yeah. when you're driving. It's the same pothole. In yeah. the same spot you remember 20 years ago, oh, yeah. the same restaurants or the same signs. I mean, nothing, which is kind of awesome about the East Coast too, not to beat it up it too is, much. It is, it is. It's kind of refreshing to go back and, um, you know, I always miss the people, the food, the atmosphere. Yeah, like, and the kids people... ride their bikes everywhere and hang out in the front yard. Yep. So that is some of the things we're lacking here. Where it you, is. You don't have front yards. You don't have yards that connect. And we yep. had the woods. Yeah. We'd wander through the woods for hours, and if not. Yeah. More than a day sometimes. And my sure. parents would wonder where we were. Yeah. But like, yeah, we don't have the lake. So there are some things, but like on the flip side, all the other great things we have in the 10 years I've been here, mm-hmm. it's been really exciting to watch us have sports. And like I said, I, so we lived on the West side ever since we got here yep. in Summerlin and the growth of restaurants alone is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, ask you a couple personal questions. Dun, dun, dun. 
<laughs> um, no, this is an easy one. So, what, right. what are some of the, your favorite things to do here in Vegas? I know you mentioned you guys go up to Brian Head. Yeah. Uh, is there any other things that you guys like to do um, Red outside Rock, of work? Red Rock Canyon. Uh, back mm-hmm. in the day, before I had two kids in a business, I used to trail run and, and mountain bike. Yep. Uh, in my particular neighborhood, I'm on the west side in the mesas. We have 50 miles of mountain bike trails. That yeah. was one of the reasons why this one guy bought uh, my listing in the neighborhood right now is he can hop on his bike from his house, 50 miles of mountain bike trails right in the middle of the city. Yeah. So restaurants for sure. Yeah. Like we have a chef in our neighborhood who makes fresh bread from their garage. They have a, no, no way. a full license, everything. They text the order. Yeah. You have kids riding around the neighborhood with baguettes in their basket. <laughs> and then another awesome. another one who's the head chef of Vetri, he's been doing at home uh, dinners. Okay. Well you can, you know, I had we had our family for my brother in law's fiftieth birthday. Yeah. He did a full meal on the outside. So he comes into your place or yeah, yeah. yeah. And he How cooked cool is that? fresh pasta, yeah. meatballs, veggies, everything. Yeah. All right at our ha- house. Like these are the interesting things about Vegas is we're surrounded by all these people right in this big city. And the pandemic yeah. kind of created innovation as well, right? He was at Vetri every day. He didn't yeah. have time for this. No. And he's loving it because he gets to meet families and get to know them and everything else. Yeah, and it could lead to a full-time business that he never thought he'd be in, right? And Which is kind of cool. So good LV at So Good LV is actually his handle on uh, Instagram. Okay. It's worth a worth a look. Checking just it out. If, just for drooling alone. <laughs> yeah. So good LV, you said? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. So what are what are some of your uh, personal goals? Like um, with your business, anything personally that you want to accomplish this year, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what? A lot, one of them is we're doing right now is yeah. <laughs> a little more content. Like yeah. the thing about, like I know a lot about the city and I love the city and yeah. I think that shows with my team mm-hmm. and we want to let other people know that. So one of our goals this year is just content, 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 content. Without a doubt. And yeah. we don't really have, there's no excuse at all because it's such an easy city to do it. Yeah. Like if I want to go never ending amount of go things mountain to talk biking, about. Yeah. attach a camera, yeah. show the trail, you know, throw it on the on the blog and people get good good information. I'm an yeah. information guy. Yeah. And I love to share it. And I think if I can get that into content then it also helps people too, and in mass, not yeah. five people or one person. And you brought up a great point earlier in yeah. our conversation about how people used to hide behind their business. Yeah. And now it's 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 more about being tr- as transparent as possible. And I yeah. think a lot of business owners make that mistake where they don't get out there and do things like this and, and kind of, you know, humanize, you know, themselves a little bit, right? It's, like It took me a little while to accept it because yeah. I personally like my, like, I like to just do my thing sure. and be with my family. But you know what? I realize people enjoy it. They appreciate it, yeah, and that's what's made me okay with it. Because yeah. I don't want to, I'm not a, a fake person. I don't yeah. want fake content, I, and that's what the team. We all sat and we're like, hey, we all love this place. We know, we know it. Yeah, why not share it? And it's then it's legit, true content. And that's yeah. one of the things I was excited about for me personally with the podcast was like, I, I'm not the guy that, you know, I'll write something on Instagram and delete it. I just don't feel. Comfortable. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, self-promoting yeah. or doing like, hey, yeah, we're showing, are out. we showing our age? I think yeah, we're showing our age. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but I, maybe it's being old school. But you know, I just, um, it's not in me, right? But yeah. having conversations with real people and connecting, 100%, and yeah. talking about their life is is interesting. And and when you talk about a piece of content, 
one podcast is a video it's it's blogs it's you know yeah. so you can snippet it fun. down 15 seconds 30 seconds you could pull five words out of this that i regret for the rest of my life yeah if you want to. yeah exactly <laughs> like the part about your wife we, i don't remember you said but <laughs> that never happened i thought it was gone <laughs> that's awesome um yeah but it's it's uh it's it's interesting and, and i think you're right but content is kind of the it's not i want to say it's the future but if you're not producing any type of content for your business, you're you're missing out for sure on an opportunity. Yeah, and that's a goal of ours. And we have some number goals, but that you know that stuff's boring. The the for other people, like because mm-hmm. that's not really the end goal. But if you don't track numbers, you're not getting anywhere. Sure. So if you don't know your day to day numbers, and we're big on that, we have tracking software every day. Client uh, agents know how many calls, how many people they need to connect with. That's awesome. But beyond that, I think really getting getting our awareness of our city and what yeah. we know about it and what we love about it is important. I agree. Yeah. So for, um, I always like to ask about like from your perspective, you're a young professional looking to get into real estate, right? What are some, what's some advice you'd give them or some based on mistakes you've made or, um, things you've done in a positive way? Like what, yeah. what would you tell someone that was just starting out? Join like a team, join okay. a team, join a team for sure. Cause then yeah. you have somebody overseeing you. You're, you're a part of a group. Uh, we have a Slack channel. Anybody mm-hmm. who's in business usually knows Slack where, well, we have a million Slack channels, but one main one where if there's questions, you know, it goes to the whole team. So if I'm busy doing a podcast, yeah, then somebody else is on there and they help them out and say, hey, here's the contract. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Verify with Brendan. I'll hop on. Yeah, all good guys. Yeah. And also it's a little community for us. Like sure. we had fun with it. We teased one of the guys today. He said, uh, can you uh, fix my my dialer? He put, can you fix my diaper? And, uh, and I messed with him go. and I said, yeah, do you want a bottle too? And he's like, what? Oh my God. So I, then I, yeah. I screenshot that, sent it to the team. And it's like just little things, yeah, sure. you know, when you're on the road and working from home and you're stressed, like we're, we're lighthearted. We take everything seriously, of sure. course, business yeah. wise, but you know, we're, we're a, we're a good group and yeah. join a team. That's all I can say, because you have that ability to then have somebody like we were talking about before that dangerous scenario when someone gets their license and they're testing their business on their friends and family, sure, not the way someone should go. Like, yeah. But if someone's on a team, then they know that there's oversight, there's checks and balances, yeah. there's somebody who's checking every single document. Is it more of a feeder for you? Like, do people learn and then leave? Do they stick around as, as part of the team? Like, what traditionally happens there? Yeah, two of my top performers left, but not for any other reason than they had life changes. One went to yeah. Laguna Beach because she grew up, she was from an island, wanted to go back to the beach, and, you know, life changed. Another mm-hmm. guy, he's never lived in a big city. He came to me. He's like, Brandon, I don't want to leave, but, you know, I, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, you've never lived in a big city? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He moved yeah. to Chicago. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, everybody else that I've had, it's been the same people. So, yeah. you know, it's a good atmosphere. We have fun together, and, you know, uh, everybody's learning, and it's fun to watch someone go from not even knowing how to – what to say that like to be a like staring at the phone and like oh, yeah. oh my god and yeah. now like hey Brendan so da, 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 da. I'm yeah. like oh, learn from them at some point up. yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome though that's yeah. awesome and you also kind of you know with real estate a lot of times you're like the lone ranger you're alone right yeah. which is hard it is yeah and then and then um, you know you don't have like a, a traditional office environment like we have for the most part most yeah. agents they go. And we, do, and we actually do a bit because that's what I want. Like, yeah. that's why I moved to the new space. I want it to be fun. We have a foosball table in the back just to, like, if someone wants to blow off some steam. Sure. We have the Zoom bar so they can feel like they're in front of their client. Mm-hmm. We have phone booths coming. 
How cool. So people can make their calls in a private area where it's quiet and it lowers the sound by 28 decibels or something like that. Yeah. Like that's my dorky research side. <laughs> uh, but like I want to make a good atmosphere for them that yeah. helps them succeed. We have mail stations. They can quickly create something, put it on the mail, scan it through, get it out. Like I'm trying to supply them with everything they need so they can get it done quickly and well. And that's that's a key thing with yeah. with with having people that work with you or for you is is giving them all the tools to succeed. And it's all about the details. Like I've noticed. I tell our team all the time. It's like, you know, everything from the business card you hand out to your website to your social presence to things that aren't digital. The way you greet someone, it all adds oh, yeah. up to a full experience. And then. That's how you acquire better customers and, and build your business, right? So yeah, uh, as you're doing all the right things, it's it's pretty awesome to hear. So, last question is the hot seat question. Uh -oh. <laughs> I didn't make yours isn't that hard. Yours is, <laughs> so, um, you deal with the general public, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure you've had some interesting stories. Um, you know, my wife actually is just started. She's doing what you're doing now. She is working, um, and then she's also doing a little bit on the side of real estate, right? And so she had an, a transaction where. The woman was get ready to buy the home. She had all the money. She sent her over to the mortgage broker, and the guy said she can't buy a home. Yeah. She's like, why? Well, I don't think she – she couldn't provide W-2s, and I'm pretty sure she's a woman of the night. <laughs> she had nothing but uh, $500 transactions from Venmo on her. Oh, my yeah. God. So that was her story. But yeah. tell me, without naming names, like what is, uh, what is your all-time go-to real estate story that you've ever had? I, I don't <laughs> – think i've had an insane like we do a hundred really? a year like yeah um i had a situation where it wasn't a client okay it was more so a scenario so back when i first got my license toilets were full of concrete things were ripped out it was the you know the crash and sure it was an odd time to get your license so yeah. i was in a house all boarded up. It was somebody looking for a deal. Yeah. I walked into the house. I looked in and I'm walking around. It's all dark and, and, uh, you know, and all the rooms are black because the windows are boarded. Sure. So I've got my flashlight. So I turn it on on my phone. They're not as good back then as they are now. Yeah. And I go and I'm, I'm kind of looking around and I go past and there's like a pile of stuff in the corner and I turn the other way. Then I turn back and the pile of stuff is standing up. Oh, then I turn shit. back and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I run yeah. away from this it was a guy. And it was a squatter, oh, and no. I run the wrong, uh, like into a dead end of the house. Yeah, and then uh, the guy just comes walking out, and literally it was like like zombies of the night. Like, oh my god! And uh, I kind of trapped myself. I got out, and like, but I always tell agents now, like, yeah. open a door, but don't step in. Step to the yeah, side. Yeah, you got to be careful. Like, yeah. you have to be careful. Sometimes sure. the girls, I always tell them, you know, message us where you're going, what time you're getting there, if you need anything, you know. Uh, let message the whole team. Somebody can be there. Like if you feel uncomfortable, somebody felt uncomfortable with the lead recently. And I said, Hey, send it to a guy, you know, that's not something you should uh, deal with. And, yeah. and I'm big on that. Like, you know, if, if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I don't, every, all my buddies have some good ones. I feel like <laughs> I have some fun, interesting clients, yeah. but they're, you know, no, the no. former Olympians, they're, Tumblers. Yeah. I have Were one guy who's a X Games champ. It took us a year and a half to find a house with a pool that could fit his half pipe. Oh wow! Like I have fun stories like that. Yeah, but uh, no, no nightmare scenarios. No nightmare scenarios. You didn't butcher a deal ever. <laughs> no, it's, it's usually comes down to the lender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, Brendan, awesome, awesome chatting with you today, and I really yeah, appreciate sure. you coming down. Um, go to VegasKingHomes.com. KingVegasHomes.com. Uh, King Vegas 
King I Vegas said it wrong. Homes. I wrote it down yeah. right. KingVegasHomes.com. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I did that. Sorry right. about that. That's all right. Go to Lava Ad. <laughs> <laughs> you know we like butchering your name as many times as we can, Brandon, too. Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> Tell your brokerage That's wrong. been my whole life, though. That's been yeah. my, So I'm used to it. I, I, gotta rever- I read it and we got to reverse. My yeah. mom's always like, why don't you correct people when they say Brandon? I'm like, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, check him out. He's awesome, man. I really appreciate your time. And uh, it was great chatting with you. and learned a lot, too. So no, thank you, it. Nick. Tell me when I should sell my home, too. Stop (laughs) writing. You should have waited a year. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Nick.